This is the After Party, live with Jim McAllister and John Daly. It's the last holiday edition, at least last Christmas edition. Yeah, we're coming up on Christmas. This is it. This is the last show before Christmas. This show is dark on Christmas as well, but we are going to be back on the day after Christmas with a full roundup of stories for you on the After Party Live. And I'm excited to continue this show. I love it. Oh, okay. It's a fun out. You're like, okay, I don't love it. I'm just thinking about that show. I have to get ready for the 26th. Uh, I love your holiday um, shirt or you, that you have. Your your not holiday shirt, but your after party live Hawaiian theme looks nice. Jungle theme. Yeah. Jungle. Yeah. They're leopards. You look very in there. festive. Uh, it looks lovely against the snowflake backdrop. Happy holidays, everybody! Thanks for joining us on the after party live. Um, yes. Yeah. Archie so, says thank you for all the contributions yesterday. He got an entire half can of cat food. He normally has a third. Of a can of wet food because he's on a diet. I th- yeah, and, I, was say, I thought you had that cat on a strict eating modification. Yeah, well, he got more wet food than dry food yesterday, but oh. still, um, he ate it like it was nothing. Turned around, meowed at me. It's never enough. Do you buy Archie a Christmas gift? Uh, I have purchased like costumes, but that's more for me, I guess. And he doesn't like the costumes, so we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> um, he might get a treat. Okay, Special extra treat. treat. Thanks to yeah. the audience. I haven't I haven't purchased anything for my dog, but usually I I put like a an extra treat yeah. in the dog stocking. Well, he yeah, does get toys, stocking, and he has you know twenty different toys, and he plays with them mm. maybe once or twice, like a regular child. Yeah, and then he's over it. That's the way so, it is. Speaking yeah. of animals, let's go to Nashville. Yes, Nashville. Starting out our stories. This is about. Uh, lions zoos in nashville and indianapolis are assuring the public that no lions are on the loose despite two viral facebook posts using the same they're (laughs) using the same photo the first facebook post accompanied by a photo of a male lion and a female lion stated escaped from nashville zoo yesterday they were caught on camera at 2 a.m on the trail cam near percy uh priest Uh, we are aware of the situation a guy on facebook made a false report uh, claiming that two lions escaped the Nashville Zoo, a, a zoo spokesperson uh, told TV station, "It's uh, this is incredibly false information." So we have a video report. Um, let's check this out. Okay, before we go, we got a fact check for you. You may have seen this viral Facebook post claiming that lions had escaped the Nashville Zoo and they were caught on a trail cam near Percy Priest. Yeah, the Facebook post has been shared several thousand times, but we hadn't heard anything about it, so we decided to check it out tonight. We can tell you. Yeah, it's fake. It is. In fact, the National Zoo doesn't even have lions. A zoo spokesperson says, look, they're trying to get the guy who posted it and wants it wants them to take it down. In the meantime, remember, you should not believe everything you see online. That is great <laughs> advice. Hey, that's yeah, don't believe everything you see Ain't on the internet. that interweb. the truth, Kim? Mm-hmm, that's the truth, Sean Daly. You know what Whoa. else is the truth? Our appreciation for Whoa. flow. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Peace and joy to you bothy. Oh, thank you so right much. Right back at Flo. you, Flo. Flo's Happy awesome. Merry Christmas. Another great year. I hope that you have another great year, Flo, with continued success. Awesome. Very cool. Flo, uh, Vanessa says, know. um, get Archie a box. That's all my cat will play with. Yeah, he gets every Amazon oh. box. Flo, if you don't know, was nominated for a Best Director's Award and wow. put on a play in New York City. So pretty exciting stuff. New York City. Mm, new yeah. What's the next line in that commercial? Get a rope. Isn't it New York City? Yeah, get a rope. There you go. Um, okay, let's move to I love how Maury Povich plays along with this one. This is an orangutan, orangutan. I used to say orangutan, it's orangutan. Um, who is at the Denver Zoo and there an orangutan baby was born, but they didn't know which other orangutan was the father, and so they finally now have called in Mary Povich to answer the question, who is the father? So, of course, Mary Povich is known for announcing the results of paternity tests with the catchphrase, you are the father, or you are not the father. The Denver Zoo posted a video to its Facebook page showing Maury Povich bringing an end to the mystery of which of the zoo's male Sumatran orangutans, 30-year-old Barani or 16-year-old Jaya, 
fathered this four-month-old orangutan, Siska. Uh, <laughs> Mori Povich came on the, the, did a video. He's dressed in a tuxedo. He opens a manila envelope, confirming the results that Bernie, you are the father. So they played it up and did a fun thing at the Denver Zoo. And I think, do we have video of that? Yeah, we have video report. Check it out. The paternity of an adorable four-month-old baby orangutan named Siska, born at the Denver Zoo, has been a mystery since she was born in August. While Siska is a four-month-old, it has been unclear if her father was a 30-year-old Barani or 30-year-old Barani or 16-year-old Jaya. So the zoo chose none other than Mori Povich. Yep, you heard right, to reveal the results of the paternity test. And Povich, best known for delivering the results of paternity tests on his former daytime talk show with lines like, you are not the father. Now, Maury made the big reveal Tuesday in a video posted on the Denver Zoo's X page. Take a look. When it comes to the orangutan, four-month-old Siska, Barani, you are the father. Well, there you have it. This video has gone viral, and now the mystery has been solved. <laughs> I mean, might as well have a little fun with it, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, you know who's not having fun? This little no. cute guy. He was a lost oh. beagle found shaking and crying in the New York subway. No, Rescued he's by adorable. employees and reunited with family. Um, a beagle named Blue, who's lost in a New York subway station, has been reunited with his family Thanks to an MTA employee who spotted the fright, frightened canine, James Deneen, who works as a painter for the MTA, tells People Magazine he was near the end of a southbound D train platform at Bay 50th Street uh, in Brooklyn. You know where that is. Of course. When a dog came running towards him. At first, he thought the beagle belonged to two women sitting on a nearby bench, but he, went, he bent down and began playing with the dog when he noticed that the animal, who was wearing a harness but had no leash, was shaking and crying and freezing. Poor when he baby. told the women the dog should have been on a leash, they clarified that they weren't the owners. It was then that he he took action. I knew I had to do something. I can't leave the dog here. So he took him yeah. to meet his coworkers, and the beagle made many new friends. Uh, look at this guy. There's uh, 40 He's guys so in my shop. Cute. And this dog fell in love with everybody. I mean, he was mm -hmm. running around like a newborn puppy, playing with everybody, going in between feet and just rolling on his belly. He was just so happy. I guess he knew he was around people that he could trust. Uh, the dog was so lovable, but he was starving and thirsty. He was just eating everything Aww. in sight. Uh, we don't know. They didn't know how long he had been out. He and his coworkers took the beagle to the police to check for a microchip. Um, they they found a chip number. No register owner came up, though. Um, one of the colleagues took Blue home for the night, but Samo was already busy with two other dogs, um, including a recently adopted pooch. They created a post on Lost Pets of Brooklyn Facebook page and for the next few days took turns caring for the beagle. After Deneen's friend Sean Fallon had taken the dog home, they got a call from Blue's owners who had seen the social media post. They took the dog to another vet to have his chip scanned, and this time it matched with the owners. Oh, interesting. Blue's family members were very happy to pick up their lost companion. That's when the MTA employees learned of Blue's name. It was touching. My dog just died a year ago, says Deneen, and it's the same size. If any of us lost an animal, you want it back. You can't sleep. You just get all messed up. So um, it was just a nice feeling, you know, that it paid off everything we did. Sometimes... It doesn't work out right. Um, and this time it was a good story. Yeah, that's sweet. What a sweet little pupper. Yeah, uh, let's cool. move to this story about the vanity plates that were rejected in 2023. This is out of Illinois. The Secretary of State revealed some of the more than 300 requested vanity plates rejected for featuring potentially lewd, offensive, or even dangerous language. So they have this YouTube video where the customized license plate requests were added to the permanent naughty list. Let's take a look at what they have going on here. 304 new plate names were added to the permanent naughty list. They were denied because they were deemed too obscene or defamatory by our team, which is well-versed in pithy puns, lecherous language, and sneaky swearing. Some of the rejected license plates submitted for approval this year included Eat Butt, Boner, MILFs, Whoop Ass, These Nuts, Poopsie, and Iowa Sucks. Clever is too generous a word, but they did make me laugh. Now, I don't want to dissuade anyone from opting for a personalized license plate, but just remember, go ahead and make it clever, but please keep it clean to avoid the naughty list. 
<laughs> it was pretty funny. I mean, so just hearing said, him say the say all I know. that. He said they're not clever, but they made him laugh. Um, that that was the Illinois Secretary of State, <laughs> Alexi Giannalis. Uh Yeah, I just wanted to hear him say it. Uh, that's really funny. It's funny that he actually said them all. I love that. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, he says, yeah, don't make it clever, but keep it clean. Avoid our naughty list. Don't do it. Don't do it again. No, I wish Governor Gavin Newsom would put out a video like that. That'd be great. Uh, I think he 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 did privately, probably. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of private videos of that Newsom. Oh, um, look at this! Huge thank you to the lady Beatrice with a five dollars super sticker. Maury with the paternity test. No one better. Merry Christmas to uh, all the Station X people. Well, thank you to you, thank you, lady, lady Beatrice. Beatrice. We thank you, and yeah, thank you so much for that. And we are grateful to the lady Beatrice and also to Flo for the the twenty dollars super sticker. Merry Christmas to you too, Flo. So thank you so much, you guys. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, this next story is about inactivity, the pandemic of inactivity, mm -hmm. the next crisis facing the United States. According yep. to a study, COVID-19 isn't the only pandemic Americans should be concerned about. Researchers from the University of Chicago or Illinois, Chicago, uh, are calling the growing physical inactivity pandemic a crisis for the United States. The findings of the current investigation indicate a crisis within a crisis with respect to a physical inactivity pandemic in, within the United States, according to Dr. Ross Arena. Uh, from the Department of Physical Therapy and founder of the Healthy Living for Pandemic Event Protection Network. Wow. The Healthy Living for Pandemic Event Protection Network, otherwise known as HL Pivot. That's awfully specific. Mm -hmm. In a media release, on a national level, physical activity is unacceptably low and has not appreciably, appreciably uh, improved over the past decade, while high levels of social vulnerability and physical inactivity are concentrated within specific geographic regions. This study uniquely investigates the correlation between social vulnerability and physical inactivity, utilizing county-level data on physical in, uh, inactivity prevalence and the social vulnerability index. Uh, it considers the impact of regional cultures in the U.S. as defined by the American nations model. Um, and they go through some detail here, which I won't bore you with. But um, the research also considers external factors, including uh, influencing lifestyle choices, cultural geographic factors, historical settlement patterns, mm -hmm. and the development of distinct regional cultures. Typically, we uh, being physically active is good for everyone, and hence all people should be more physically active and exercising 150 minutes or more per week on most, if not all days of the week at a moderate intensity. That's what would be ideal. Little attention is uh, paid to factors that influence a person's decision to be physically active, according to the doctor. Um, and uh, historically, public and individual health professionals haven't considered some of the true drivers of physical activity. Our goal with this study is to start getting to the bottom of what really motivates behavior and behavioral change, uh, probably a lack of motivation. Data-driven intelligence and the work of historians and cultural ge uh, geograph geographers can help us find the best ways to encourage healthy lifestyle choices and ultimately make people healthier. Mm, okay. Well, you know what's not going to make you healthier? What's that? Eating at McDonald's. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. not loving it oh no <laughs> uh -oh. you go for an egg mcmuffin and you get a crack pipe what is this it happened at an ohio is this McDonald's. a new uh, happy meal toy <laughs> this is not what you want in your mickey d's bag happy meal or otherwise well, maybe it is oh an ohio mcdonald's is under investigation after a customer reported getting a crack pipe with the breakfast order Oh, no. And now it looks like this McDonald's location when in Ohio. When coffee isn't cutting it. <laughs> That's exactly right. They're being investigated by the local health department. Uh, and they're doing an internal investigation. And there's a I picture of this crack pipe that was found in the bag. Man, this customer posted it to Reddit that they had gone through the drive-thru of the McDonald's on Harrisburg Pike in Columbus, Ohio to order breakfast, and they found a crack pipe in the bag. The other users on Reddit encouraged the customer to reach out to the Franklin County Public Health Department. The claim is being investigated. Uh, the McDonald's, as says, the, the local business owner there says, as a local business owner, the safety of my customers and crew is my first priority, and we take this very seriously. So we've begun a thorough internal review of this claim. We have no indication that this item came from our restaurant, but we are continuing to investigate and have contacted local law enforcement 
to report this matter. After interviews with staff and a thorough review of the establishment security cameras, a McDonald's spokesperson told the outlet so far no evidence has been found that indicated this alleged drug paraphernalia came in or came from this McDonald's. So, I'm smoking crack. <laughs> no, thank you. Not supposed no, to. No, 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 no. about uh, money, honey. Americans over the 70 years old, hold more than 30% of the country's wealth. That's right. Most don't work anymore, but Americans aged 70 and older have seen their share of collective wealth surge during the pandemic. As a group, these older baby boomers have accumulated more than $14 trillion in additional net worth since the end of 2019, according to Federal Reserve data. Their share of the country's wealth has jumped to a record 30% last quarter, even though they account for only 11% of the population. The aging population helped explain some of the gains. There are about 2.3 million more people over 70 in the country than there were in 2019. But one major driver was the surge in home values and stocks during the pandemic, which benefited older generations, most likely to own a house or two and hold equities or mutual funds. Although people who are over 70 are typically retired, a rising portion of that age group is still working. The share of adults aged 65 and more in the labor force reached a historic low of 10% in the mid 80s but has since um, almost doubled, according to uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics data, even after many retired at at the onset of the COVID-19 health crisis. The Fed data also show that Americans between 40 and 70, decades where people usually reach their earnings peak, are holding a smaller share of household wealth than in 2019. Looking at a longer period, the sharp increase in wealth for older people is even more pronounced. In 25 years, the aggregate wealth of Americans aged 70 and older has risen sixfold, to $43.3 billion. Over the same period, the wealth of those under 55 rose by only two and a half times. Um, Older Americans also have been the beneficiaries of good timing in the stock market, despite recessions along the way. Um, Since 2019, those aged 70 and older have collectively gained about $5 trillion in equity gains. At least someone's doing well. That's what I say. You know, like it. Let's, Let's go to this diaper. We talked about a McDonald's bag with a crack pipe what about a diaper loaded with bullets oh no oh this was in a carry-on at LaGuardia. the tsa says they noticed uh this unidentified man in unlawful possession of ammunition this guy was from arkansas <clears throat> he was going through the LaGuardia airport in new york on wednesday and apparently tried to sneak about 20 bullets through security they were wrapped in a diaper the TSA finds 17 9-millimeter bullets artfully concealed inside an otherwise clean disposable diaper packed in the passenger's carry-on bag. That's This is according to the TSA. That's a the gang-banging man, toddler. Uh, something. The man initially told officials he didn't know how the bullet-filled diaper came to be in his carry-on bag before passing the blame on to his girlfriend, who of said course. he must have put it in, that the girlfriend must have put it in the bag. Right. TSA officers noted that uh, notified the Port Authority police. They cited this man with unlawful, unlawful possession of ammunition. That's it? You get cited, not arrested, for trying to bring bullet, bullets in your carry-on? Yeah, you have to have wow. lawful possession of bullets in the airport. Right. You can't have unlawful. It just doesn't work out in a diaper of all things, please. And you think they're not going to notice? People are dumb. They are dumb. And uh, scientists, the ones that aren't dumb, the people that aren't (laughs) dumb, have developed a vaccine to lower cholesterol, which is linked to 18 million deaths per year. A cheap vaccine could reduce high cholesterol, uh, reduce high cholesterol and slash the risk of diseases like heart disease and stroke within 10 years. Researchers at the... I was going to say, are they just calling it a vaccine or is it really a medication? Because high cholesterol isn't like a communicable disease, right? Uh, well, if it prevents something from happening, I think in the yeah. long term, mm-hmm. you know, like you take it now and then it prevents it in the future. Um, researchers at the University of New Mexico School of Medicine uh, found that the injection lowered LDL cholesterol by nearly 30% in mice and monkeys, while the, which the researchers describe as promising. The vaccine works by blocking the cholesterol-raising protein, uh, PCSK9, and would be given once per year if it made it to pharmacy shelves. The researchers also predict it would cost less than $100 per dose. After decades of failed public health messaging on weight-related conditions, research has pivoted to treating people with pharmaceuticals. 
there have already been there's already been success with Wegovy, uh, the newly approved Zeb Zep Bound, proving highly effective at treating obesity. It's also a key risk uh, factor in heart disease, which kills 18 million adults in Mm. the world every year. So uh, the lead researcher uh, said that this is a vaccine that we think can have global impact. So not just in the United States, but around the world where heart disease is a significant problem. We hope to bring it to people within the next uh, 10 years. So that's interesting. Let's get to this video. Speaking of McDonald's. (laughs) <laughs> this yeah this has to be one of the worst wedding weddings in general but wedding vows i have ever seen i mean yeah and, and i was to just have, gonna get this like a picture but then i'm like oh no this is really cringy but i think we need the video it's the video and honestly i don't know why this woman mar- got married to this guy i have no idea why she said yes so here's the story let me i'll just set the stage for you yeah. i'll set the, set the table for you this groom is getting pummeled online for he, he didn't come up with anything, he, no vows. And all he could say is, I promise to smack that ass every chance I get. And the, these ass. I promise to smack that ass every chance I get. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> Did it? Yeah. Are you sure? I didn't write nothing down. That's what you're going out with? That's what I'm going with. Cool. We've made it this long. What? Are you sure? I like how I didn't (laughs) write anything. Do you want to redeem yourself? You you want to redeem yourself? This is how you're going? That's all I got? He's chuckling. He's laughing. This is the one moment where he's supposed to be standing in front of all the people in his life to say real class act. I choose this person. I love this person. It's to make her feel his commitment to her that he values her and loves her and all he says is i vow to smack that ass how embarrassing for her and her and family she married him anyway her mother-in-law kind of want to watch uh, it one more time yeah, let's do it i'll probably just smack ass every chance i get <laughs> that's all i got <laughs> Did it? are you sure I didn't write nothing down. That's what you're going out with? That's what I'm going with. Cool. We've made it this long. He really takes the relationship seriously. And he's laughing through the whole thing. What I want to know, and what's not included in the story, is did she already say I do before his display? Or was she second or first in line in the I do How long do you have to, like, cancel that? Like, is it like buying a car? Right. Can you say say I rescind my I do? Like, can you, once you've said it and they've moved on to the next partner, can you say, wait a minute, I'm sorry. I know I said I do, but I really don't. It's just trashy. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. Luis, $20. Happy Happy holidays holidays. to the queen of kindness and the prince of darkness. (laughs) <laughs> Hello to Archie too. Meow, meow, more treats. <laughs> Thank you so much, Luis. That's awesome. We really appreciate that. Really kind. Um, cool. This video of this guy, of course, we just saw it. It made its way onto TikTok and onto X, and people are coming out against him. People say being single is not that bad. I promise. Sometimes. Uh, well, he's going to be single soon. He, well. Probably. I don't give that marriage very long. Yeah. Uh, one person posts, I can't feel bad sometimes because how do you get this far into rela- into a relationship with someone like that? Yeah, she already someone knows else, he's a loser. Someone <laughs> else says, "We can. Ex- what can we expect from a man ver- wearing Vans at his own wedding? Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you notice that? He's wearing He's Vans. wearing tennis shoes. Oh, no. He's And someone else writes, she's probably been dreaming about this moment her whole life and bro can't make the tiniest effort. Yeah. Damn. Even if it was just like a couple sentences or something like that. Someone else wrote, call me Julia Roberts because I am running. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anyway, what a wild story. I, I feel bad for that lady. No. Well, as if she has enough things to worry about, China's space plane has released multiple mystery objects into orbit. Uh, the nature of the objects is unclear, but China's up to something, like mm. multiple somethings. You know, we keep talking about um, uh, UFOs. It, it's probably it's all china i think it's all china yeah um and they seem to be transmitting signals of different kinds china's shadowy miniature space plane appear- yeah it, it appears to have deployed at least six objects into orbit while conducting its latest mission 
uh, its third, the reusable space vehicle, which is understood to be broadly uh, comparable to the U.S. Space Force's X-37B, clearly has military applications, although the exact nature of its payloads remains mysterious. The Chinese space plane, named Shenlong, meaning Divine Dragon, has placed objects in Earth orbit uh, since it was launched from the Jiquan Satellite Launch Center on December 14th. The existence of these objects has been confirmed by amateur spacecraft trackers. Um, the space plane itself is launched atop a traditional space launch rocket and is propelled into orbit using a secondary booster. It returns to Earth in an unpowered mode, much like the X-37B. One amateur astronomer, Scott Tilley, told Space.com that some of the objects, which have been named A, B, C, D, E, and F, seem to be transmitting signals. Um, they've described these objects as mysterious wingmen, a nod to loyal wingmen terminology used for the drones that operate collaboratively with piloted aircraft. The Shenlong of course, is uncrewed. Tilly also, uh, this is the guy provided wait, space. Wait, is, it, is it running on AI? <laughs> oh. Who knows? With details on the differences in the transmissions, um, uh, with object A saying, uh, said to be sending small amounts of data, while object D and E seem to only be emitting placeholder signals without accompanying data. They're up to something. It should be noted that unlike emissions early in the Chinese space program, emissions one and two, these emissions are very intermittent and do not stay long. Um, while we cannot be entirely sure that these mysterious signals come from objects released by the Shenlong, the evidence is compelling. Mm. Yeah. So there's a diagram of how it works. But um, Interesting. I'm telling you, Chinese are up to something. Vagina. Vagina. Sounds like you're saying vagina. That's the idea. Let's go to let's go to Big Sur because there's a right phenomenon. Now? Let's right now. Let's travel there immediately. Photographers apparently are traveling there immediately because there's an elusive shot that is happening that everyone's trying to catch. This is uh, what they say is the most elusive and beautiful image in Big Sur. Fingers of piercing gold sunshine reaching through the keyhole arch. This story written by Katie Dowd and SF Gate. So I'm giving her credit for those beautiful words. This is um, just off Pfeiffer Beach, um, one of the most photogenic spots, the natural archway formed by the pounding surf of the Pacific Ocean. Every year in late December and early January, everything aligns and the waning sun shines right through the hole of the arch and it glows and it's beautiful. And I've, I've seen this from different angles. And if you take it straight on, it looks like this glowing hole in the middle of the mountain. Beautiful. No guarantees of getting the perfect shot. Cloudy a glowing hole like uh, yesterday. The light that we saw. <laughs> Almost like, like yesterday's uh, butt picture. Maybe not. Uh, cloudy conditions can ruin your chances. And the National Weather Service does have rain in the forecast through Saturday. Uh, should be sunny on Sunday, they say. So maybe if you're a photographer, you might want to check it out. The um, the arch, the sun through the arch only lasts for a few minutes. Sunset happens about 4.50 p.m. at this time of year. They say you can check the exact time, but um, it, it costs $15 to park out at this beach. But a lot of people, you'll see, you go there and like this is where everyone's congregating to get this beautiful picture. Well, yep. you better hurry up because scientists have created an AI they claim will predict when you die with oh, 78% no. accuracy. <laughs> That's Do right. I want to know? I don't know if I want to know. Can a doom calculator really predict when you're going to die? Shockingly, a tool developed by WizKid scientists claims it can be, uh, it can with 78% accuracy uh, through clever technology called Life to Vec. It's like mm -hmm. they take the, sh the story of your life and map out what might come next. These brainy folk from America and Denmark have used loads of data on people's lives, their jobs, where they live, any accidents they've had, if they've ever been pregnant, on over 6 million people. They now have a model that understands everyday language and can guess at things like if someone might die young or how much they could earn during their lifetime. The study shows that being a boy, having mental health problems, or working uh, working skilled jobs can mean shorter lifespans while earning lots of money or leading other people can add years to your life. Uh, the system, life to vec treats each part of your life story uh, like bits in a sentence to guess what's coming up based on what's already happened. Scientists have developed a new AI system um, called life to vec that we just mentioned. Um, it's funny how some articles just repeat the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. You notice that? 
Uh, they used data from 2008 to 2016 to predict simple questions like uh, death within four years, question mark, for a given person. Scarily enough, it correct guessed, correctly guessed that uh, who would die by age 2020 over three quarters of the time. Wow. Oh, that's yeah. pretty accurate. This mm. is spooky. And creepy. I'm not All loving right. it. I'm but you know what either. I am loving? <laughs> no, what? Super stickers. Oh, Francine, Francine for a ten dollars sticker. So nice. Thank you. You guys have been so generous. Thank you. Yeah. Happy holidays and thank you, Francine, for that. Since I'm kind of stuck on views, I want to show you this view that's going away. This one is in San Francisco, and it's uh, it's a gorgeous view, but we're not going to be able to see quite as much of it as we have as we are now, and it is. see trying to find the the picture it is a view in san francisco of the the bay and the golden gate bridge and it's so pretty but it's unfortunately not long for this world because they have to change the way that the the sea is blocked off in this area it's marine drive in the presidio and it goes down the short hill from Lincoln Boulevard, and it gives you the most beautiful view of the Golden Gate Bridge Towers and Fort Point. And there's always this splash of water from the bay coming up over the, the wall. And right now, there's just this old iron rope is what is there. Like a chain. Like a chain. But that's not the way it's going to be. And so that means the view is going to change. The bridge and the fort will still be there, but now they're going to have this large barrier chain. Um, the the chain keeps people from plunging into the water, and they're putting instead an aluminum barrier. So you won't be able to see through. Like now you can see through the chain. No more. Um, is that the, really the case? So like, hold on, hold on. Yeah. This is what the chain looked like. Yeah. I think this is being overblown. And this is what the railing looks like. Mm. It's not that big a deal. I mean, it's kind of more picturesque the other way. Yeah, but that's just <laughs> from think... the road. So if you're further back taking a photo, like, I don't see how that's... I mean, this one kind of seems to block the view, at least from this you angle. You think so? Yeah, just go on the other side of... Just, here, just go on the other side of the railing. Well, people are upset. They're They're not happy about this. Pardon I'd rather me. not get tetanus. <laughs> but from a rusty old iron chain. <laughs> yeah. And it's not even the, um, I think if you read through it, it's not, um, it's only been there since the nineties. So if you go People back are, to like the old movies, something. People want what they want. Yeah. Know? Like, but if you go back to like vertigo, there was like a railing a barrier, like the similar to what they put in now um, back then. But this one is made out of aluminum. So it'll, it'll do better with the, the it's elements. three, three feet tall. They say it's more tolerant of the harsh Marine environment. So maybe if uh, you're they, a little person, I could see it being an issue. <laughs> they say the smaller footprint will make the narrow roadway safer for everyone. And you still get the views. Uh, they say, um, while we appreciate that some visitors really like the old design, the new barrier will improve the safety for pedestrians, cyclists, and drivers it's using three marine foot, drive. Like you just walk up to it and take a picture over it. I don't understand what the deal is, right? Yeah. I'm six foot. I'm twice as high. Well, if you really want to get that one last shot in, that photograph with the, the old chain, apparently... Uh, you you got to get there fast because the roadway will be closed during the construction period now scheduled to end January 4th. You still have access to Fort Point during that time, but that particular view, if you're a fan of the chain, it's going away. I, uh, I don't think that's a big deal, big deal, but you know what is a, what is a big deal? Dallas with Dallas? $25. Wow. Thank you, Dallas. And then Jim Thank Slayton you. with $10. Ho, ho, ho. ho. Oh, Jim Slayton. <laughs> Merry Christmas. You know what it sounded like when you did that? Uh, I don't know what he says. Satan. Ho, ho, ho. Green giant. Oh, What's that yeah. commercial? Yeah. Oh, Satan, and, Satan and Santa. I have a similar voice. This one's a little more nefarious. But ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. That's a little bit less Satan-y. Yeah, yeah. but it's close. Disturbing Jim, close. Dallas, thank you guys for the contributions to the After Party Live. We love this show and we're so happy that you do too. So thank you very much. It's Let's time for take break. a little tiny break. Yes, and when we come back, we have a, a bit of entertainment news. And we'll talk about where cocaine might be legalized. What? what? <laughs> it's, it's happening jinx we'll be right back on the after party live
a performance that truly matters for each and every one of us. This is what you've been waiting for. See it at least once in your lifetime. The After Party Live! <laughs> no, I thought we were immune. God, they're everywhere. What? Shen Yun is all over the place. I don't know. I hope we don't get copywritten for that. Was that Craig? Uh, that was Craig, but there was no mention of Shen Yun. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, but I don't know either. How is it coming if, it's ne if it never really leaves? How is it coming? I don't think it's coming. It's always here. It's ever present. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, if you, you... want to contribute to the After Party <laughs> Live uh, in the program description, you can do so there. And uh, we appreciate everyone, appreciate everyone who has yeah. contributed, including uh, William, new contributor William B., ongoing contributors Laura, uh, Lori D., sorry, Lori, Lori D., Joe F., and Annie K. And uh, we appreciate all you. And then we want to thank, thank our super stickers. Flow with a 1999 wow. super sticker. Thank you so much. The Lady Beatrice for $5. So grateful. Luis, what's up? Uh, happy holidays to you too, Luis. Thank you for the super sticker. And Francine for $10. You're awesome. We appreciate your contribution. Dallas coming in with 25 Mahalo big time. Thank you to you. And Jim Slayton with a $10 super sticker. Ho, ho, ho to you too, Jim. And thank you very much. Very thank nice. you guys. Um, let's get to some entertainment news because Kareem Abdul-Jabbar fell and it was not a pretty fall at all. So he was at Disney Hall in downtown Los Angeles mm -hmm. and he was honoring the Manhattan Transfer's final show with a letter from Vice President Kamala Harris and then his own remarks when he says Humpty Kareem had a great fall. That's what he wrote. Oh, no. I'd like to say he said that I fell while trying to save a child from plunging over a balcony, but I just tripped. Hard for me to accept that a once world-class athlete just stumbled, but he said, age is the great equalizer and it humbles us all. <sighs> Unfortunately, he he suffered some uh, an injury. He's He broke his hip when he fell. Uh, he said, my fall hit all the newspapers. He yeah, it's unfortunately the hip is broken. He said, me and my new hip will be dancing again while gently swaying. He's thanking the Los Angeles Fire Department and the staff at UCLA's hospital for treating him. And um, and he says, he's still, he's still um, hailed the Manhattan Transfers music as a reflection of the ingenuity of the American people. So still trying to do his job, even though he suffered this horrible injury. Yeah. Of a bummer. Wah, wah, wah. Something else uh, entertainment related. Mariah Carey got to meet President Biden. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, she went to the White House. And Is that all big, she wanted for Christmas? That's all she wanted for Christmas was him. Made a big production out of this whole thing. She turned a, turned a tour of the Christmas decorations uh, that was set to her song, All I Want for Christmas is You. And they had some small talk. It was posted to President Biden's ex account. She shakes hands with... Uh, president biden and then they like the mutual fan fest there uh, he says i'm a fan and she says i'm a fan so he said i want you to know uh that we love it i uh, i want you to know that we're a fan and she said oh we love it so they have a cute little interchange there but it's kind of sweet so she and her 12 year old twins morocco moroccan and monroe pose for a photo with President Biden, and then she hangs an ornament on one of the tree and says, oh, that's perfect, because she's the queen of Christmas. You know how that goes. Must be nice. She then uh, performed in nearby Baltimore, and pretty cool that the whole All I Want for Christmas thing landed her a visit with the White House. Very, 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 very yeah. cool. Nice. So um, where are they going to legalize cocaine? Tell me about that. That's this. what Mariah wants to know. Mm -hmm. allegedly coming <laughs> up here um it's switzerland it's beautiful oh, no. yeah check out switzerland um switzerland considers a plan to legalize cocaine in world first trial after an influx of high quality uh cocaine is as cheap as beer and you can see it it's all over it's spread across all the houses and up in the mountains look at that white the stuff everywhere 
cheapest, purest cocaine that Switzerland has ever seen. We've never seen anything like this before. It has prompted calls for drastic action. They're considering what's believed to be the world first scheme that would allow cocaine to be legally sold for recreational use in its capital. Probably got demonetized there. The parliament in Bern have uh, supported this radical approach to the war on drugs, although it could be still it could still be blocked um, as it requires a change in national law. It is interesting to note that Bern, you know, the capital, they still have um, they have like a public park with with bears in it. Really? Like you, yeah. So cocaine bear. Anyone? <laughs> no, <laughs> no cocaine bear running through the cute little village. No. Yeah, Switzerland has been re-examining its stance on cocaine after several experts criticized criticized complete bans as ineffective. The country is also currently in the early stages of trialing the legal sale of cannabis. The war on drugs has failed, and we want to look at new ideas. Uh, control and legislation can do better than mere repression. You know, you've got all those bars of gold, all that money there. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, the people who involved they want their cocaine. You know? Yeah, they do. Man, mm-hmm. that'll be Get interesting. To their yacht, to see. Take the chopper to the Mediterranean. I wonder how likely it is that they'll approve that. And if so, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll just uh, do it in secret. Mm, how about an afternoon nap? What do you think? Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. The secret to a happy life? Sleep. Going to bed just one hour later than usual is enough to make you miserable. Right. Staying up too late could make you feel less enthusiastic about life the next day, even if you only lose one hour of sleep. They say regardless of the number of hours you get, getting less sleep than usual makes people feel less positive and less happy. Researchers looked at 154 studies spanning more than 50 years, including more than 5,000 people aged 7 to 79 regarding sleep deprivation. And they say sleep restriction, where you get less sleep the normal is found to significantly reduce positive feelings, enthusiasm, and happiness. People's positive emotions appeared to take the biggest hit if they got four hours less sleep than normal, but they felt less positive from any reduction in sleep at all. Losing out on sleep also linked to a higher risk of feeling anxious and depressed, although that effect, they say, was a bit smaller. The results matter because uh, the man who led the study, Dr. Joe Bauer, says these results, um, people feel less positive and they enjoy things like seeing friends less, going to exciting events, watching their favorite TV show less, everything. And that puts them at greater risk of depression. They're less motivated to socialize, so they're greater at greater risk of being isolated. And it all comes down to sleep. Yep. Well, just uh, head to Switzerland if you're feeling sleepy. I'll <laughs> perk you right up. I'll take care of you. <laughs> Got the sniffles there, John Daly? Is that what's happening? Yes. Speaking yeah. of which, this is for Joe Biden. Sniffing mm. women's tears makes men less aggressive. For the first time, researchers wait, have used wait, wait, behavioral wait, measures. Wait, wait, hold up. Wait a minute. Who goes around sniffing tears? Same people who sniff hair? <laughs> no. No. For the first time, researchers have used behavioral measures, including brain imaging and molecular biology, to test how odorless chemicals from human tears affect people. When someone starts to cry, other people oftentimes feel empathy and concern, but the biological reasons for shedding tears can extend beyond merely prompting a sense of compassion. The tears themselves appear to be taking on a role as a chemical peacemaker between men and women, according to new research. Women's tears act to reduce aggression in men who are close enough to catch a whiff of the waterworks, according to findings published in the PLOS um, biology uh, journal and confirmed through human behavioral trials, brain imaging and molecular biology. The researchers speculate that tears from people who aren't women likely have a similar effect, but this is yet to be tested. I guess nobody wants to sniff dudes uh, tears. No, the new paper. All the researchers are like, I'll sniff the the lady tears. The new paper suggests that a fundamental reason why women shed emotional tears is to convey a chemical signal that lowers aggression, according to the uh, co-lead author of the study. Uh, We believe this is a shared mechanism of many mammals. Producing tears has long been considered a uniquely human behavior, but that's a flawed notion, says the co-senior author, a neurobiologist. Um, He... uh, They say dogs, for example, shed tears when they reunite with their owners after a long period of separation. Baby mouse tears, who's going to sniff those, contain molecular cues that sway female mice to reject male advances. Wow. While pheromones in female mouse tears encourage males to stop fighting each other and mate with a female instead. 
<laughs> Come over here. Mole rat subordinates, moreover, go so far as to cover themselves in their own tears to chemically deflect aggression from dominant members within their groups. Wow. Humans, like other mammals, communicate information with body odors. Isn't that the truth? Just give yeah. them a muni bus. Uh, <laughs> but it wasn't obvious that tears would have any olfactory effect on human behavior because people cannot perceive a smell from them. Additionally, while most males have a secondary olfactory organ that is re responsible for detecting pheromones in humans, the organ is thought to be vestigial. So there you go. That's interesting. See, I thought it was just uh, salt water, just saline. Yeah. So if I cry, you'll feel, feel less aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about this grandma. This grandma from Cardiff in uh, the UK yeah. char charges her family to come to Christmas dinner. Oh, yeah, she does. That's awesome. <laughs> this is the seventh year in a row that she has charged to come to dinner. And this year, it's a price hike at grandma's dinner table because of the cost of living crisis. This grandmother, I'm telling you, she's 63. She's from Cardiff. She's a pensioner. And she's been doing this since 2016 when her husband passed away. And she's increasing prices this year because of an ongoing cost of living. So I was trying to figure out, she charges them $2.50 uh, $2 pounds, which is... $3.17 in US dollars. So you have to pay $3.17 to go to dinner at Christmas dinner at grandma's. Oh, wait, no, that's just the grandchildren. The adults have to pay 15 pounds. Oh, they have to pay more? Oh, that's just the grandkids? Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. I was thinking has, it was much Yeah, that no, much. she has sliding scale. And then she was charging women, the women in the family less. Because they so, eat less? Um, because they said that, I think it was certain women in the family, they had. Um, uh, family reaction. obligations. Oh, there's some reason it, it's listed in there. Something I'll, I'll find it. But, so the guys are paying like nineteen dollars. Yeah, uh, nineteen dollars and five cents. I'm gonna call that twenty bucks. But you're charging the grandkids. Like you're charging really? the grandkids three dollars and seventeen cents to come to Christmas dinner. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, I don't know about the the charging grandkids. It's like, come would on, you? You need more money for that cruise that you're on there. If your family member. <laughs> charged you 20 bucks to come eat christmas dinner would you pay it or would you be like you know what that's, i wouldn't that's be weird. i wouldn't be going you wouldn't go no. i mean there's something she if had you to can't go. afford if you can't afford to like have dinner for your family like it's, it's, it's this is a for-profit operation it's like come on dude it's once a year she says it's a no-brainer to charge her family for Christmas dinner. And she said it's an important lesson for the kids to make sure the cost is spread evenly between everyone. Not on the holidays. Especially amid the cost of living crisis. But she says she thinks her price hike still won't be enough to meet the amounts that supermarkets are charging. Because of a general food shop in the current climate, she says it's horrifying to go. Um, Maybe you have like some of your adult shopping. kids like kick in and, and do the grocery shop. How about you say like the adult kids do the grocery shopping and I'll cook the dinner or something like that. But to have right. like tickets, right? Like, come on, that's weird. Or why don't you ask everyone to bring something? My family does this, you know, you yeah. bring the bread or you bring a She also told a magazine or... last year, cause she's yeah. been doing this for years. It says yeah. the amount of charge includes electricity. Really? Oh, please. Gosh, she sounds like a piece of work. Yeah. We have one member of the family or two members of the family. Uh, uh, but the in-law is the one that <laughs> people don't really like um, for kind of being cheap. And we used to have like a the toy, uh, like a gift exchange among even the adults. And it all got shut down because this one relative um, didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, and it just kind of like killed the whole uh, holiday spirit. And then it extended to she didn't want to do it for the kids like a year later or something like that. And it's like, oh, OK, Grinch, you destroyed Christmas for the extended family. Thanks. Mm. Um, <laughs> this woman, well, we're talking about whether people pay or not. Yeah. They pay. She calls up her five kids that are right now between the ages of 24 and 37. And despite some complaining, she said, everybody gets the money in. Yep. And you're right. The amount she charges dinner for dinner includes electricity. It's the only way to go. The amount I charge for dinner includes electricity and food and everything else and dozens of hours um scouring for picks that don't hurt her wallet so she tries she tries to bargain shop as well i don't know i think that's kind of tacky i agree yeah. with maybe spreading the cost out by having people bring different dishes but 
to charge a ticket for dinner? No. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, but she was charging the the women, I think, because they were um, kind of, I think that they, that maybe they were housewives and they had kids that they were raising or whatever. So she was giving the women and the family like a break. Um, but then uh, she was accused of being sexist. So she's asking the women in the family to pay two pounds more. The Lady Beatrice with a $5 super sticker. Thank you for paying to eat at our table. Uh, the Lady Beatrice says, I'm surprised anyone still eats with this Grammy because yeah. it's too expensive. No, no, thank yeah. you. That's a bit much. And thank you, the Lady Beatrice. Much appreciated on that. Yeah, if I couldn't afford to provide the dinner, it's like save up during the year or have, have the adult children kind of like help out behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I agree. Anyway. That's tacky. Tacky, tacky, tacky. Um, we were talking about China earlier. Mm-hmm. UFO back in the news. Ooh. I'm telling you, I think it's China. So check this what out. This, that? this was Air Force One at LAX during Joe Biden's fundraising trip to Los Angeles. And you see that like white kind of dot there. Um, airplane enthusiasts filmed the UFO in the skies above LAX on December 10th. The object was described as white or silver. It was a sphere hovering near the president's jet. Um, eyewitnesses spotted an LAPD helicopter. I think that's what you see to the left there. Um, circling the bizarre stationary object. President Joe Biden's December visit to Tinseltown for a campaign fundraiser caused such a hullabaloo. Even aliens may have wanted to see what the, all the fuss was about. Ooh, aliens are after the president? What? There you see it circled. Plane spotters caught the UFO on camera hovering above Air Force One in L.A. Um, the spherical white or silver object filmed several times. Different um, multiple witnesses uh, explanations range from mere weather balloon. I think we're done with this balloon <laughs> to an alien probe searching, uh, searching for intelligent life, um, or maybe wanting to contribute to the president. Either way, it appeared to give up on the president's entourage after less than an hour. The object stir, uh, caused a stir on social media due, due, due to its resemblance to a metallic orb. UFOs caught on camera by Reaper drones in the Middle East and studied by the government's official UFO office. While skeptics dismiss this, Case is having a mundane explanation. Airplane enthusiasts were filming at LAX, LAX airport on uh, Sunday, December 10th, hoping to catch Air Force One when they got it. They were delighted to catch it with two F-35 jets patrolling the skies, enforcing the temporary uh, you know, air flight restrictions. So mm-hmm. something, something there. Something, right? That's weird. I think it's what is it? I think it's the Chinese. You think, think it is? All these hmm. planes, uh, the balloon going over the U.S., they're messing with us. Well, you know, when you are holiday shopping, you a lot of the some of the stores will say, especially online, buy it now, pay it for it later. Buy now, right. pay later. That's being called phantom debt. Mm. And it really is. Some experts are saying spreading out the cost of purchases without accruing interest might seem like a no-brainer, especially during this holiday shopping season when credit card rates are at record highs and the prices just keep getting higher and higher. But shoppers using the buy now, pay later providers, mm, you delay paying in full, but you also avoid finance charges if the loan is short enough. For better or worse, though, it looks like, I don't know, it might mean that the hottest new credit product, product, which is becoming more mainstream by the second, could tempt people to overspend and could take on more debt than they can actually handle. So well, if you Americans can't afford have, to pay for Americans it. Americans have discipline, Kim. No, if you can't afford to pay for it now, what makes you think that you'll be able to afford it next month, right? It's still going to hit you. So I don't know. Um, people are taking on more debt than they can handle. Interest rates may not be an issue in, the, in this case, but late fees can stack up very quickly when these buy now, pay it later payments are due every two weeks, adding up to as much as 25% of the purchase price under some plans. So they say if you use it well, it can be helpful. But like you just said, John Daly, if you're careless, this can get you into real trouble. Well, we're and not paying sudden, any interest charges because we have Luis, Luis with $5. Thank you for serving up delicious entertainment daily. Oh, that's nice. Well, thank, thank you for your multiple contributions, Luis. Appreciate yes. That. Be careful of the buy now, pay later. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, with the after party, you can buy now and just buy now. Buy now and pay now. That's exactly <laughs> right. I um, What was I going to tell you? I did a... 
I bought something. I never do this. I bought something on QVC. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. I didn't. It wasn't on TV. Why were you watching? Oh, I was going to say. I wasn't on TV. QVC? It was just on the website. I found something that I wanted to purchase as a gift. And I didn't realize that I had clicked the buy now, pay later thing. And I thought I just paid for it. But all of a sudden, like these charges started coming through that I didn't realize. And then I figured out, oh, I, I bought it on a buy now, pay later thing. And they, they just charge you every so often, you know, every two weeks or whatever. And you're getting charged fees? I don't think it would, there were any fees associated with it. But it was sure? just weird because I didn't expect the charges to come through and they, mm-hmm. you know, there they were. Yeah. Well, you uh, want to check cool. this out. What I don't it? think you can buy this though. This is a 2300, it's a 2300 year old mosaic made out of shells and coral and it's been found buried Ooh. under Rome. It's cool. Yeah. It was buried under Rome? Under Rome. A five-year dig into the side of Rome's Palatine Hill uh, yielded treasure last week when archaeologists discovered a deluxe banquet room dating from about the first or second century BC, featuring a sizable intact and brightly colored wall mosaic. Estimated to be around 2,300 years old, the work is part of a larger aristocratic mansion located near the Roman Forum that has been under excavation since 2018. Uh, almost five meters long and featuring depictions of vines, lotus leaves, uh, tridents, trumpets, helmets, and mythological marine creatures. The mosaic scene, what can you tell us about the scene? Mm -hmm. Well, Larry, it's painstakingly created using the mother of pearl, shells, corals, shards of precious glass, and flecks of marble. The piece is framed by polychrome crystals, spongy travertine, and exotic ancient Egyptian blue tiles. What makes this discovery unmatched, uh, says archaeologist Alfonsino Russo, head of the Colosseum Archaeological Park in charge of the site, is not only the incredible conservation of the mosaic, but its decoration, which also features celebratory scenes of naval and land battles, likely funded and won by an extremely wealthy aristocratic patron who commemorated the victories um, on their walls. Wow. Really pretty. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about this fanged frog yeah this is the world's smallest fanged frog and i have a picture here he is look at him here he is he's super tiny he's about the size of a quarter but that's it yeah but he has fangs (laughs) can you want to pick him up and mess with them because you know what i mean so yeah this this is a group of frogs in southeast asia with a very distinguishing feature, which is fangs. And scientists recently discovered a new species of fanged frog that uses these bony jaws jutting out of their lower jawbone to fight with other frogs and hunt shelled prey like giant centipedes and crabs. This fanged frog is the smallest known species and is described in a study published in the December journal PLOS One. This new species is very small compared to other fanged frogs on the island where it was found. It's about the size of a quarter. Many frogs in this genus are giant, weighing up to two pounds. Can you imagine a two-pound frog with fangs? Don't want to. At the large end, this new species weighs about the same as a dime. Uh, yeah, this is really interesting. And this is this research was conducted while the um, the doctor involved, Jeff Frederick, was a candidate for a PhD at UC Berkeley. The frogs were found on a mountainous island of Sulawesi in Indonesia, mm-hmm. which is really an interesting place. It is a 71,000 square mile long island with a large network of volcanoes, mountains, lowland rainforests, and cloud forests. The presence of all these different habitats mean the magnitude of biodiversity there across many plants and animals is unreal, rivaling places like the Amazon. Oh, yeah, there he is, little fanged frog. They also have great coffee, Sulawesi coffee. Oh, do they? Oh, look at you. Wonderful. Uh, Former barista there. It's useful every once in a while. You know what else is useful? Scott Scott Rittenberg. Rittenberg. $10. Happy Christmas. Uh, Peace on Earth. Love the after party. Well, we love you, Scott Rittenberg. Thank you very much. Thank you, Scott Rittenberg. Awesome. By the way, I've been remiss. If you guys could click the like button for us, please do it. And if you could click the subscribe, if you haven't subscribed, we'd appreciate that as well. Um, I think you'll appreciate this next story. Okay. Oh, man. It's the end of the world. The world's first fully autonomous AI-powered restaurant is set to open in Southern California. Cali Express? Yes. This establishment will deploy cutting-edge food technology, automating both grill and fry stations. 
Holding mm-hmm. company Cali Group has joined forces with Miso Robotics, the innovator behind Flippy. I think you remember Flippy. Flippy is the uh, the French fry cooking uh, technology, and we mentioned oh, that yeah, before yeah, on yeah. the show. And Pop ID, a technology firm streamlining ordering and payments through biometrics. Uh, together, they have announced the upcoming launch of Cali Express by Flippy. Look at this. Heralded, heralded as the world's first fully autonomous restaurant, the establishment will deploy state-of-the-art food technology systems automating both the grill and fry stations by combining artificial intelligence with robotics. Uh, located in a prime retail spot in Pasadena at fifteen or uh, 561 East Green Street, if you're wondering, that's right by the Whole Foods. The new Cali Express by Flippy will redefine the dining experience for guests. Patrons will witness the robotic preparation of their meals after checking with their Pop ID accounts at self-ordering kiosks, allowing for personalized order recommendations and seamless payments. The restaurant's technological prowess promises an efficient and safe environment for employees. For customers, incorporating diverse technologies um, in Cali Express by Flippy ensures the delivery of freshly prepared burgers at competitive prices. A noteworthy feature is the grill robot. You want one of those? Which grinds no. high-quality beef in real time upon receiving an order, resulting in a, a, the in a fresh burger patty. Flippy, hmm. the renowned robotic fry station, adds to the menu by offering crispy hot fries made from premium-grade potatoes. To our knowledge, this is the world's first operating restaurant where both ordering and every single cooking process are fully automated, uh, according to their joint statement. The marriage of these various technologies to create the most autonomous restaurant in the world is the culmination of years of research, research, development, and investment in a family of revolutionary companies. Do you want to eat food that has had no eyes looking at it, you know, to make sure that it's done right? Right? I don't know. Well, there could be a properly? lot of problems here. I don't know. This is giving me the creeps. Or what if it's undercooked? What if something yeah. gets in it? You know, I, uh... you really have to trust the AI, I guess. No, I don't know. What if the AI is like, I know a way to get rid of these people. I guess you don't have to pay <laughs> a tip, right? Um, and you know, they're probably going to charge almost just as much as a regular hamburger. Yeah. And pocket the difference. Yeah. Let's go to this park in Southern California. It's called... The Citrus, the California Citrus State Historic Park. Oh, I didn't know about mm-hmm. this. I didn't either. The first, Tell me more. Two of the first naval orange trees in the United States were planted in Riverside in 1873. Oh. They called it the Second California Gold Rush. But um, only this one lonely street side tree remains at the place where they were planted. And so they say it's hardly worth visiting. But every single naval orange tree in the country is a descendant of one of these two trees, which would help permanently establish the West as a very important economic force. But five miles away from where those trees are planted is this. It is the California Citrus State Historic Park. It is beautiful with palm trees and picturesque views surrounding mountain ranges. Plus, it is a place you can try citrus that you won't find anywhere else apparently they have um some some things here about a hundred varieties on the grounds including oranges lemons grapefruits lime tangerine kumquat buddha's hands and more orange glad they made it a state park for citrus yes i am walter yes i am the 248 acres are considered an open-air museum, telling the stories of the citrus trade's rise in agriculture and history while acknowledging the struggles and lasting impacts along the way. But it is still a working citrus grove, and so there are more types of this fruit than anywhere else in the country. Um, not all of it you can taste, but some of it you can. Uh, some of it they go through and they they pick it and they sell it uh, nearby, but there are some some things that you can taste. They have a so tour the there. The state of California is selling oranges. Yeah, yeah, we sell we sell a lot of things to help pay the bills. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Speaking of paying the bills, um, we need to thank our contributors. Oh, we've come let's to do the it. end of another after party live. It's already over. It is. Well, it's coming oh, to an end. Damn it! Thank you to new contributor William B. and ongoing after party live contributors Lori D, Joe F, and Annie K. We can't do this without you. So you guys are awesome. Thank you so much, and thank you to Flo for twenty bucks and a Merry Christmas to you. Thank you, Lady Beatrice. Uh, we appreciate you, Luis for ten dollars. Happy holidays to you, Francine P for ten dollars, and Dallas UN for twenty five dollars. 
Jim Slayton, a ho, 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 and a $10 from him, and a $5 again from the Lady Beatrice. Luis for $5. Guys, Scott Thank you for the repeat contributions. Yeah, Scott, really, really thank nice. you. We're so grateful and we're so happy to have you guys as part of this show. Love what you're saying in the chat and love that you're participating and that you're enjoying the show so much because we want to keep doing it for you as well. For those of you that celebrate, Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful holiday and we'll see you back here on December 26th. Happy Merry Christmas, John Daly. Happy Merry Christmas, Kim McAllister and everybody in the chat room. Thanks for all your generosity. We appreciate it. And so does Archie. We really do. Huge hugs to you guys, honestly. Okay. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. The After Party Live would like to thank the following contributors and viewers like you. performance that truly matters for each and every one of us this is what you've been waiting for see it at least once in your lifetime the after party live